welcome to episode seven of Best Laid Plans, a podcast about planning, planners, and everything related to those two things. So welcome to this episode. I know I've been promising some product reviews for quite a while. And so this is the first episode where we're going to focus on two products that I find interesting. Now, before anyone gets too excited, I have no ambition to try to review every major planner on the market. The truth is I created a list and there are so many right now that that would just be pretty much an impossible feat. And I certainly wouldn't be able to do each one justice. However, there are some products that, I don't know, stand out as a little bit more intriguing sometimes. Maybe they're super customizable. Maybe they have an angle that's unique. Maybe their design is just irresistibly amazing. So I will be selecting various brands and products to showcase on this podcast with a dedicated product episode probably every four. So this is the first one, and I have two very different products to discuss with you today. The first one is the Live Rich Planner. This planner is created by Kumiko Love, who goes by The Budget Mom. She describes herself as a previously single mother who was having major financial issues and then one day kind of decided she had enough and learned how to budget and wanted to share her story of climbing out of debt and learning how to manage her money with the world. And in doing that, she initially created a bunch of paper-based kind of cash management systems with cash envelope budgeting and something called the, I think, budget by paycheck planner. Well, she basically teaches people to budget based on the money that's coming in on your paycheck. Now, I sort of use that approach and I'll talk later about what we do, but I certainly don't do my budgeting on paper, even though it is an intriguing way to do things. So I wasn't terribly interested in her budget by paycheck system. However, I noticed, I think I saw it on Instagram, someone using it, this planner had come out that had space for certain financial issues. It had space for meal planning and workouts in like a very aesthetically pleasing manner. And it had a really nice big, spacious, neutral weekly spread. And when I saw all those things together, I was like, ooh, that is kind of a unicorn. (laughs) Like, I don't see that many planners that have built in the kinds of trackers that I use on a regular basis anyway, but typically have to draw or adapt from something that's a little bit more plain. Specifically, I was attracted to the personal planning page, which I'll talk about in a minute, that allows you to do meal prep and a grocery list, a built-in habit tracker that she has, as well as a little table for weekly workouts to complete on each weekly spread. I just thought that looked so cute. And it was nice to have these things, which I consider life essentials, kind of built into planning. So I love that she encourages users of her planner to be intentional in those areas. So what did I do? I ordered one. (laughs) I figured, you know what? Maybe I'll experiment with using this. Maybe it will become my new favorite planner, or maybe it will just serve as useful research for the planner podcast that I was thinking of launching back then. Spoiler alert, I am not currently using this planner and I will talk about why. But I do think it deserves a significant mention here because it does have these unique features and it has many things that are to love about it. So let me go through and give you a little bit broader description. Now to remind you, every time one of these episodes is released, I do an accompanying blog post on my blog. I've been writing at theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X, since 
2004, which is terrifying, but true. And I know some people have been confused about where to find the show notes. But if you just go to my blog and you click on the best laid plans icon there, then scroll down and you'll see the link on each episode where you can see the show notes. And the show notes are always going to have relevant pictures that relate to the episode. So that's kind of where you can find visuals. I'm not currently planning on doing any videos just because of the time I have available to spend on this podcast, but I wouldn't rule out that being kind of a once in a while addition. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see. You can also find some more minimal pictures on my Instagram. But again, if you want kind of a more complete show notes experience, please go to my blog and then click on the best laid plans page. And at some point, I'm probably going to create a separate products reference page that is in the works. So stay tuned. All right, so back to the Live Rich Planner. So this planner comes in two sizes and neither of them are small. The full size is nine inches by 10.875 inches, very specific, with a weight of 44 ounces, you guys. That is basically three pounds. If you can pick up a three pound weight and imagine what that feels like, that's the size of the large planner. The quote unquote small size, which is what I ordered, not really thinking about what the dimensions actually meant, is not very small. It's 7.6 inches by 9.5 inches and weighs 32 ounces, which is about two pounds. So I guess the first thing to mention about this planner is that it probably is not And again, this, uh, I don't know, everyone's different with what they're willing to carry around. And I actually think my tolerance for carrying around planners is above average. Like I don't really mind carrying the Hobonichi Techo Cousin, but this is like much larger than that. It is past the point where I am really willing to carry it around. So it is more of a hangout on your desk planner. It's also quite thick and we'll talk about why. I mean, a lot of it probably has to do with the nice paper quality that she uses, but by necessity, because it's so thick and so big, The ring size is also gigantic. It's more than an inch in diameter, the actual rings. So that kind of shocked me, honestly, when I took it out of the box, but I've kind of gotten a little bit more used to it. And I think the rings don't really bother me when I'm writing on it too much. However, again, not necessarily a portable item. And this is the smaller size that I'm talking about. So I can't imagine who is using the larger size and carrying it around. Probably not many people. The cover is made out of kind of a plastic coated page. It feels fairly durable. The corners are not rounded. So people who, you know, look out for that, that is a feature that's not in this planner. The art is very kind of arts and craftsy. They are drawings that Kumiko, the founder, draws herself. And they're very creative, but it is, you know, a certain look. Not necessarily the look I typically gravitate towards, but I know a lot of people love it. And that's not knocking it anyway. Everybody has different styles. She offers two styles, but they both kind of, one of them is a fruit theme and one of it is a tiny house theme. And both of them are sort of this cutesy, folksy, crafty (laughs) artwork kind of a look. So if you love that, it's going to be perfect for you. And if you don't, there's right No, not like a minimal or geometric option. There are monthly tabs. You actually put the stickers for the months on yourself, which is great because this really is an undated planner. So you could start with any month that you want and put it up top. I guess I bought mine in June, so I started it with July. And it takes only just a couple minutes to put the tabs on and they look nice once you've done it. The corners of the stickers that go on the tabs do stick out a little bit, but if you wanted to cut them off or trim them with the nail scissors, you could certainly do that. All right, so then... Flipping through the first page, there is a little kind of a welcome card from Kumiko who created the planner. It says, thanks for supporting her. It's very nice. And then a belongs to page. Then there are yearly calendars for 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024. So I'm guessing given that this is undated, she plans to keep it in her shop for a while. 
And then each monthly section has a first page that has artwork on it and a little catchphrase. This one says, good morning, good morning. And it has a picture of a grocery bag with groceries on it. And then comes the monthly spread. The paper is bright white. It's fairly thick. It's 70 pound paper. She describes it as 70 pound accent, super smooth text paper. So it's actually, it is really nice paper. It's got a nice weight to it. It's got just enough tooth that you don't feel like you're slip sliding all over the place, but it really does not smudge. I can use gel pens on it happily. And in fact, the pen I liked using most with this is just a regular old Pilot G2 fine point gel pen seemed to really work nicely, glide along this paper and again was not terribly smudge proof which I as a left-hander always appreciate. So the monthly spread you have to fill in the numbers yourself because this is undated and then there are goals sections along the left that say goals this month, people to see, and monthly wins. Then there's a section below for the month's projects and little areas that allow you to choose a personal focus and a work focus for the month. You flip that over and you get a monthly finance page. So this is not going to be useful for everyone. But if someone did want to try to track expenses on paper, they could use this page. I was going to try to use it to track allowance expenses. But as I'll get to later, I really don't need another way of tracking my finances because I have a great way that I use already. I did use it to set some financial goals like, you know, open up some 529 plans, that kind of a thing. So you could use it for anything finance related. And then there are some little savings goal progress trackers, which could be motivating for some people. There's also a table that says priority debt progress, which I guess assumes that a lot of people have some debt that they're working on, whether that's a mortgage or a student loan or some other kind of debt. And then there's a whole table for monthly expenses. I'll be honest, our household, I guess, you know, we're five people and we're doing a lot of stuff and there's no way I would be able to fit our monthly expenses in the number of rows that she has here. But, you know, I know that's not true for everyone. And certainly if I had had this planner like back in residency, perhaps, or in medical school, it could have been really useful for me because things were a lot simpler back then. And I could have listed a lot of our expenses and it probably would have really helped my awareness of what was going on with our budget in those times. So probably 2005 me would have really, really benefited from having this planner. It's not quite enough for 2020 me from a financial standpoint. The next page says personal planning. And this was one of the things that really attracted me to the planner. I saw this layout on somebody's Instagram and I just thought, wow, how unique. And I wish more planners contained an area like this. It has a whole spot for weekly meal planning, including breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They do lump breakfast and snacks into one category, which I'm not sure I would choose that if I had my druthers, but it's still really good. There's a space for a shopping list, so you could use that. I will admit it's not like I'd want to bring this giant planner to the store, but perhaps you could create your list on there and then take a picture of it or, I don't know, scan it, print it out, something. And then there's a very cute little habit tracker with space to up to seven habits and then the seven days of the week where you could check out what you did. So I experimented and made one for a week and it, it worked really nicely. So it's fun to see all the X's. You could even color code it if you wanted to very cute little feature. And I liked how it was built in because I like to track habits. And usually I have to draw my own spreads for that, which I don't mind. But how cool would it be to have one that's already built in? Then the next page is kind of a goal setting page for the week. There's a main goal section of this week's focus section. Then there's a really long section that's titled housework. And I really wish she had just titled it like tasks 
or something a little bit more generic because of all the things I need to track for the week, most of them are not housework. And so I just crossed that out and wrote work, slash, well, I wrote works and then I put a slash. I left the word housework there. I put a slash and then I put et cetera. So I made it more generic, but I do kind of wish it didn't say housework. I don't think, I guess some people want to check off like unloading the dishwasher every day, but for those things that are more autopilot, I don't feel the need to check them off. And I just sort of like got irritated every time I saw this housework list. Like I was expected to do three housework tasks every single day. And if I wasn't, I don't know, maybe it's my own issue, (laughs) but I guess I just wish that was titled a little bit differently. Then there's a section for work to-do list, personal to-do list. And then on the page after that comes the weekly view. So again, I'm going to remind you, you have to write in your own numbers and dates here. This is an undated product. So I would fill out like the numbers of each day for the week. And I really do like the weekly layout here. It's spacious. I like how there are these little blank boxes at the top of each day. So you can kind of, for me, that fit very nicely. Like I can write whether it's a clinical day or a research day or a day off. And like that kind of like gives me an overarching description. And then there are half hour slots all the way from 4 a.m. to 11 p.m. So I love that because I'm often doing things early in the morning. Or that means like if you're not usually up that early, you could kind of, you know, use those for some other purpose, like put your, I don't know, dinner plans or study plans in there or something like that. There's a little weekly notes section on the left, which I think is a very helpful place to put weekly to-do lists. And then finally, there's a cute little workout planner on the upper left, which allows you to put the day of the week and then what you're going to do for each workout. I wish there was a little checkbox there. For me, that's just, I love checking off things. So she did put checkboxes next to the housework tasks. Maybe in the future, they could think about putting little checkboxes to fill out next to the workouts. But I did love having that little workout tracker right there. And the layout of this page is really nice. It has a neutral palette, which I think is helpful because you could customize it. And I've seen a lot of her users either use markers and colored pencils and highlighters or go crazy with stickers. There's many, many ways that you could choose to use this. I was super simple. I used like one little piece of washi tape on the first layout that I did and then a little flag sticker because it was the 4th of July that week. So that's pretty much it. Then it repeats itself. So basically each month you'll see the two monthly pages, the calendar, and then the financial planning page. Then it'll have like five sets of the weekly page with the personal planning page. Again, that's the one that has the meal prep stuff on it and then all the housework stuff on the right. And then comes the weekly spread with the hourly vertical calendar. So again, from my perspective, I think she really, really nailed that vertical weekly layout. I love the space for the workouts in there. I love the space for the meal planning. I like the task list. I wish she hadn't labeled it housework, but I think this is just a really functional product. It looks nice when you create different types of layouts on the weekly and I experimented with different ways and you sort of can't go wrong. I think what's nice about it is there's so much space that it doesn't look cluttered even when you have a lot going on in one week. And I guess that is a testament to the size and how large this planner is. So then in the back after the fifth week, there is a little page for thoughts and notes. So perhaps you could use that for monthly goal setting or monthly reflection or or something like that. And then that's pretty much it. It repeats for 12 months of the year. And then there's no difference. You know, each of the tabs pretty much has the same five weeks worth built in. So she kind of leaves you extra time, I guess, because some months are going to have five weeks and some are going to have four, etc. And then there are two sticker pages in the back. Again, it's kind of her sort of craftsy hand-drawn aesthetic, but there's some useful cute little stickers in there, which I will probably repurpose. There's ones that say doctor's appointment or payday or 
little four-leaf clover or a slice of pizza. Really cute stickers, actually. So these will come in handy for me, whether or not I ever go back to actually using this planner. And there is a nice little handy pocket in the back as well that has pockets on both sides so you can stick in, you know, receipts or papers or what have you. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so to summarize, this product is called the Live Rich Planner. It comes in two sizes. The prices range from $44 to $54. It's available on the Budget Mom website. And don't confuse it with some of her other products. This is specifically the Live Rich Planner. It has really nice paper. It is a very large planner with large rings. It has some unique and very functional layouts. It does have some sort of specific features when it comes to financial planning. And it does have a list of a lot of housework tasks. I mean, they're not filled in. It's blank, but it does say housework. So if that bothers you, I would steer away. But I think for a stay-at-home mom or a homeschooling mom or dad, (laughs) this certainly does not have to be a woman's planner. So I'm sorry, I should have been much more inclusive there. For a stay-at-home person or even a working-from-home person these days, since there are many more of those, this planner could be a great fit as long as you don't mind really big rings. So there you go. That's the Live Rich Planner. Okay. Full-on pivot. I'm not sure I could have come up with two more different products, but they both intrigue me for different reasons. And this second product that I'm going to talk about is one that I'm currently using. So I think some of you have seen little sneak peeks of this 
as well. This is the Jibun Techo Biz B6 size, which is the small size, and is a weekly planner. So Jibun Techo is not to be confused with the Hobonichi Techo, which I have used for years. Techo just means planner or diary or notebook in Japanese. So that's why that word is common between the two of them. They are both Japanese companies. The company that makes this one is called Kokuyo, which actually makes a whole bunch of different stationary supplies and probably some other things. They have different paper inside. The paper inside of the Jibun is called, well, the paper varies based on which product, but the Biz product that I am going to review today is used as paper called Mio paper, M-I-O, which is thin, but doesn't feel quite as thin as the Hobonichi Tomo River paper. And it's certainly not as smooth or slippery. So some people may consider that a negative. I personally really like it in many ways, especially the fact that it is much less prone to smudging, which is the bane of my existence on the otherwise lovely Hobonichi paper. It does have quite a yellowy cast to it, which I know is a common complaint for some Hobonichi Weeks users as well. That paper is quite yellow. Well, this paper is quite yellow as well. I mean, it's probably called cream, but it's not bright white in any sense of the word. And that may bother some. And even kind of when you highlight on it, the colors just they look a little bit more muted. They don't look as, I don't know, they don't pop as much as they might on a whiter paper, such as in the Live Rich Planner that I just talked about. That said, this is a lovely product. And for somebody that is interested in a weekly planning product with monthly planning spaces and the ability to track habits and a few other things, this could be a really great consideration for next year because it has some similarities to the Hobonichi, but the Hobonichi equivalent would be the Hobonichi Weeks. And the Hobonichi Weeks product has the week on the left-hand side of the page, kind of just stacked Monday through Sunday, and then the right is just graph paper. I personally really prefer a vertical hourly layout where each day is at the top and you can kind of see your calendar. Josh said it looks like an Outlook calendar or something the way I fill it in. You can't really do that. I've seen some people kind of hack into doing that on the weeks in some creative ways, like drawing it basically on the right-hand side of the page, but that's kind of a workaround. This planner actually has that layout and it's really, really functional. The only reason I'm not going to be using it next year is because I want to go back to a product that has the daily pages integrated into my entire system. I've been using this along with a bullet journal. So that's been a great way for me to create daily pages in the bullet journal and then kind of have everything else in this planner. But if you do want your daily, weekly, and monthly all in one place, There's only a few ways you can do that. And that's why I will be going back to Hobonichi for 2021. But let me take a step back and talk about, you know, what makes this planner a really fantastic option and just give you a little bit more details. It is really compact and small. I should have weighed it. It's got to weigh less than a pound. I mean, it's like slim. It has kind of a vinyl, you know, polyurethane type of cover that has kind of like a soft touch, but really doesn't weigh much. And it's since it's a weekly planner that uses fairly thin paper, it's just, you know, it's kind of like maybe twice the thickness of a checkbook or something. It's just not a large product. It could easily be stashed in a bag without really, you know, noticing the extra weight of it too much. It does have a lot of useful pages in the beginning that I'm not really using because I kind of have my bullet journal sidekick, but there's cute little yearly goal planning pages. There's a page that's called money plan. There's a map of Japan that could come in handy should I ever (laughs) plan a pilgrimage there someday. There's a cute little blank weekly plan page that's undated. So you could kind of like plan your ideal week on there. I think that would be really cool. There's a page that says favorite phrases that I instead decided was my pen test page. So I'm going to take a picture of that for you 
you guys and put that in the show notes. There's a page that says recommendation list. You could put books, restaurants, whatever. I made a music list on one page. There's space for a book list that could actually have, you know, depending on how you use this, one, two, three, you could really fit like a, like, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, 20, 30, 40, 56. I mean, you could fit like 80 books on here if you wanted to. So unless you're an incredibly prolific reader, you could attract all of your reading in this cute little spread here. There is a movie list. We watch like one movie every three months. So I certainly wouldn't be filling up that page, but it would be useful for many. A gifts received and gifts given area, a very versatile blank page where you could just make a list of anything. And then it has Gantt charts for each month. Now, for those unfamiliar, a Gantt chart is kind of like what some people refer to as a habit tracker. The way it's laid out in this planner is it basically has days one through 31 if there are 31 days in the month or 28 if there's 28 days. And then that's little columns along the top of the two-page spread. And along the left-hand side are blank spaces so you could decide what to track. And I will show a picture of this so you can see what I'm getting at. I tried it out in August. For those curious, the things I decided to track in this chart were whether I did a meditation, whether I went outside for any considerable length of time, whether I got in 10,000 steps, whether I spent some time reading, whether I spent some time listening to music purposefully, whether I got in a workout, and whether I was able to keep my screen time under 120 minutes. Guess what was the hardest? Yes, the screen time very hard. Anyway, digression. But this is how I used it. And I just put little dots if I accomplished whatever it was. And it was a really nice way of kind of staying accountable and being able to see how accountable I was staying to my various habits that I consider kind of life foundation habits. I really like this feature. There is a version of it in the Hovenichi Techo in their little annual calendar. You can use it in a very similar way. But I will say this layout's actually more spacious and I will miss it next year. I think it's really nice. Then come the monthly planning pages, and they are gridded, so they have graph paper type kind of behind. There's a cute little smiley face and frowny face and neutral face next to every single day, so if you wanted to do some sort of mood tracking, you certainly could. I know people kind of vary as to whether they like to have lines or graph paper or blank spaces. I love the lightly printed graph paper that's here because I cannot write straight for the life of me, so this is very helpful for me to have that graph paper. And then there's plenty of space for you to do like a monthly task list as well. Actually, I take it back. I say plenty of space. This whole plan is not large. If you are a large writer and you don't like fitting things in small spaces, then you should either check out their slightly larger size. I think they have an A6 or maybe an A5. I think an A5 in addition to this B6 size because this size is pretty tiny. Like you have to be willing to kind of shrink your handwriting down. I'm sure, again, it probably works even better with characters because if you're writing in Japanese characters, you can have one character for every word. So they can fit in a lot more stuff in a smaller space than those using Western characters are using. But still, I'm able to do it. It doesn't bother me. I'm able to write small and kind of shrink my handwriting when I need to. So for me, that wasn't a limitation. But for those who do not like to write in tiny print, that might be a turnoff from the system. Okay, so then came the monthly pages. I think I mentioned that. We're flipping through here. After the monthly pages come the weekly layout. And the weekly layout is quite nice. Now, I do want to emphasize that this planner that I'm looking at is the Jibun Techo Biz Edition. There's also a Jibun Techo that's not a biz. And that one, I don't know. It just looks a lot busier. And it has kind of like, I don't know, techno style font, like they're trying to make it look kind of modern, but I don't think it's very aesthetically pleasing personally. I mean, some of you may love that. The biz is much more muted, kind of more professional looking. 
They still made the Saturday and Sunday slightly colored, the columns. Like the Saturday is a very, very, very light blue and the Sunday is a very, very, very light pink or red, but it's pretty subtle. So the pages, you know, you could still customize or use whatever color palette you wanted to on top of that. There is a timeline that goes all the way from midnight to midnight, but the zero through six hours are kind of kept a little bit smaller. And then the rest of them are bigger. And then you can kind of see how morning, evening and night are there. And then there are empty boxes below that that you could use to do meal planning or workout planning or what have you. I'll show you how I was using mine. So that classic vertical layout hour by hour, even though this is shrunk down quite tiny because this planner is not that big, I found it really functional. And it is very similar to the columns used in the Hobonichi Cousin, just a little bit shrunk smaller. And I found it really functional and, and usable for my purposes. And for me, this was just a really perfect accompaniment to the bullet journal that I was using because I found that I still really liked having a paper calendar that incorporated everything. And this was a nice way to do it. Now, it's small enough that I'm not going to write a whole bunch of notes on any calendar entry. It'll just say like, you know, David meeting or something like that. It's not going to have like David meeting and then six bullet points. There is not enough room on the pages for that. So if I feel like I need more information like that, that would go in an electronic calendar or it would go in my bullet journal or something like that. But there's enough so that you can see generally a layout of where your time is going to be allocated to on a given week and where the meetings are. And for me, that's about enough. All right. So then weekly pages go throughout the entire year. By the way, there are, I think, November starts and maybe some spring starts, but the one that I did buy is the January to December. So they do have a regular calendar available, of course. And then at the end, there are four or five pages of notes. There is a cute little page that says looking back on 2020 and it has like space to put memories. There are spaces to put your personal information if you want to. And then that's about it. It packs a punch, I gotta say. It's not a large planner. There are two little ribbon bookmarks. Mine are blue and red and the vinyl cover that I have is blue. This whole thing cost me about $40 on Amazon but I did buy it like in August so I don't actually have pricing available for next year yet. I know that jet pens will be selling them. I suspect that Amazon will also be selling them, but they don't currently have the 2021 planners for sale yet as of when I am recording this, which is the very end of August, but I suspect they will be coming out soon. But I'm guessing the price point is going to be around the $30 to $40 mark. And I will just say, if you don't need daily planning pages and you want a compact product and you like vertical planning, this is absolutely a product you should look at. I think it's just very functional. It's it's no more than you really need it to be. But for many, it's going to have enough. And it's a great planner to use for kind of like time tracking and habit tracking and all that. So again, I think this probably would be my second choice if I was not going to be going back to Hobonichi. I would probably just use one of these in a bullet journal. I think that's a great way to go. And if 2021 turns out like 20. 20 and I end up having to change systems for my own mental health, then who knows? Maybe I will go back to the Jibun Techo biz. All right. So I just reviewed two products that are like polar opposites, but I think they both have some merit and different users may be interested in each of them. Those were the Live Rich Planner and the Jibun Techo biz in the B6 mini size. Again, opposite sizes of the spectrum, kind of opposite vibes to them, but both really helpful for organizing and planning. I'm going to answer a brief question because I realize this episode has gotten quite long already. And the question is, what do you use for budget tracking systems and how do you organize your finances? This is particularly timely. My husband and I actually just had a weekend without the kids, not really a whole weekend, like a day and a half 
And it's been our first time having that since March. So that was really, really nice. And part of what we spent time doing was just reviewing all of our financial stuff. And I'm very glad that I have gone back to using the YNAB system. Now, YNAB stands for You Need a Budget, and it is an app and computer program. It used to be that you could buy it and then have it forever, but now it is a subscription service. You can pay for it yearly. And it is basically a zero-based budgeting app that syncs to your phone and also on the computer where you can track your income and every single expense. You can link it to your bank accounts. You can't really link it to credit cards. So you do have to do a lot of kind of manual entry, but that's never bothered me. For me, I feel like that helps me to be a little bit more conscious of when I'm spending. When I buy something, it's like a reflex at this point to immediately put it into YNAB. For my husband, he tends to save the receipts and then sometimes takes a few days to get him into the system. So, it, you know, it varies. I'm not going to say that it would become a reflex for everyone, but for me, it is. And I actually audit it every single month to make sure that our statements match up what I think that we've spent. And you can use it to print out reports on exactly what you're spending money on. It is not great to use to track like retirement savings and long-term savings. So what we've done for that that is my husband created an Excel spreadsheet. So pretty simple, but pretty darn effective, where we basically quarterly go through and put on the balances of our various uh, savings accounts and, you know, like our kids 529s and different retirement vehicles, so that every month we can see, you know, what progress is being made and how we're working towards our goals of retiring someday. So that's pretty much all we do. It's not super fancy. It's a, you know, one program and an Excel sheet. But with YNAB, I can pretty much look up any expenditure that I've made. And I love having that historical data. I will admit that we stopped using it for a year in like 2019. And I really regret it because I feel like it's this hole <laughs> in our record keeping, but that's okay. We've gone back to it. And even for tax time, it can be very convenient because if you're looking to see, okay, what were my business expenses or what were my charitable donations, you can just pull them up and and then have one place where you're keeping everything. So that is my answer. I do not use the paper products. I know there are a lot of cool looking ones out there, but I actually think that this technology is very helpful when it comes to financial stuff because they'll do all the adding and subtracting and dividing and stuff for you, which is great. Some people do have privacy concerns about these products. So for those people, maybe paper would be better if you're keeping it at home and you're keeping it safe and no one has the ability to see what your data looks like. It personally doesn't really bother me. Like, okay, you can see that I spent this much money at Publix this month, then that's fine. You can use that data, whatever. <laughs> but for others, I understand that there may be privacy concerns and I know everybody feels differently about that. So yeah. All right. This was a longer episode than I meant it to be, but I hope you enjoyed it. If you think there is a product out there that deserves to be reviewed on this podcast, or perhaps on a long shot, if you make a product and you want me to review it, you can send it to me. So just email me and I can give you information. I did purchase the last two products that I spoke about all on my own. So they were not sent to me for free. However, some future episodes may feature products that I requested to review. So I don't know, look at some exciting things to come. And I especially want to review things that are a little bit different than maybe offer something special or, you know, that are gold standard or I don't know, but everybody has their own favorites and everything tends to have their own things, own reasons that they stand out. So I'm sure we will have many fun product discussions in the future. All right. That was a lot. Please enjoy your week. Happy Monday. If you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, if you would be able to leave me a review on Apple podcasts, it would truly make my day. I know that helps others find the podcast and I really hope that I can continue to grow this podcast and keep it going and eventually make it like at least cost neutral. So if you're able to leave a review, that would be 
Amazing. So you can also always contact me via my blog, theshoebox.com, or find me on Instagram at shoebox underscore plans. All right. Have a wonderful day and send me some future products to review. I mean, the names of future products or the actual products themselves, but you get my drift. Have a great week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.